0: Welcome to Work-Life-In-Balance with a very special All the Horror episode. Today, we'll be discussing office horror films with special guests, The Invasion of the Remake podcast. I'm your monstrous manager, Frank Eastman. And I'm your lovable office companion,
1: Derek Lewis. As Frank said, we are joined today by The Invasion of the Remake podcast. IOTR folks, why don't you start by introducing yourselves? Well, I'm Jason from...
2: Invasion of the Remake, host, captain of the ship, and uh, pilot of all things Remake. With me today is Sam Stepanenko. Hi
3: there, and I'm just the general pin in the ass. And my co-pilot, <laughs> Trish Coughlin.
4: Yes, I'm Trish Coughlin. I'm the rogue pilot. Sometimes <laughs> don't play by the rules, but that's how we get stuff done in this office.
2: Yeah, you're always running us into asteroids.
1: No! Okay,
4: one time and you just keep bringing it back up.
1: That's what the shields are for. It's fine. Right? That's what I said. That'll bang out.
4: (laughs) A A little bit of buffer and you're fine.
1: I needed Jordy Laforge. <laughs> yeah, today on the podcast, you know, like I said, this is a super special episode for all the horror. Uh, we're going to talk about office horror, and the first thing that I want to talk about is American Psycho. So, American Psycho is a year two thousand American black comedy horror film directed by Mary Heron based on the Bret Easton Ellis book uh, from nineteen ninety one. Uh, it has a fairly star studded cast: Christian Bale. Willem Dafoe, Jared Leto, and then a lot of other people that aren't worth mentioning. Um, so I guess it was three-star studded. Um, oh, it's got Reese Witherspoon. That's fine. Chloe Savini. It follows uh, Patrick Bateman, who is a, a New York socialite and investment banker, who... Uh, is a complete wackadoo. Say it. Go ahead. Yes. Say it. It's a complete wackadoodle. Just a, a complete nut job. The whole, the whole movie focuses around his... Uh, materialistic lifestyle and competition between him and his co-workers with one of the, the most quintessential mm-hmm. scenes being the opening where uh, him and his co-workers are flaunting their business cards in front of one another. I know I personally have not flaunted my business cards. Uh, Frank, I feel like you probably would have- you not,
0: Derek? I mean, we've made some business cards here recently, and I know the pain. Right. I mean, I've, I've checked the print job and uh, I don't think we 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 didn't dither over paper stock quite as much though. Right, that is true. There's something <laughs> to be said about the tactileness of a satin finish. Mm. Just saying.
4: <laughs> well, and I'm just what's weird is watching a a group of men. Really, really get deep into discussions on ebony versus bone versus the many different shades of white.
1: Right. I mean, it almost takes on, like, a weird, like, sexual overtone. Like, they're sitting there discussing, like, the way it feels and, like you said, like, the the ebony versus bone. Like, they're really talking about it in a very creepy way
3: that makes me feel wildly uncomfortable listening to that.
1: Oh, yeah.
4: (laughs) Very much so. Yeah,
3: there's definitely some Oedipus, Oedipus, whatever. Stuff there and and some dick comparing. Oh yeah, it was absolutely it was definitely
0: sort of uh, homoerotic in its uh, how <laughs> how long it went on. It was definitely intended to be like a check out my piece sort of.
4: Yeah, feel my raised font. It just seems. <laughs> <laughs> really sexual at that point.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, and like I said, you know that that's the opening to the movie, and from there, essentially, it just kind of follows Patrick Bateman as he continuously feels I don't know, inadequate. Um, undermi- in inadequate. There we go. I was going to say undermined, uh, but inadequate by you know the various people that are in his social circle. And spoiler alert.
0: Uh, he basically starts killing them all. I'm yeah. I'm realizing now, as we're talking about it, that there's definitely a a sort of toxic masculinity read that you can put over this whole film, because it starts off with the dick comparing, and then when you know he is bettered by somebody else, he is filled with so much rage that he goes on so, some sort of murderous rampage. Right.
4: Yes. <laughs> oh Absolutely. yeah, it's, a, there's,
3: it's definitely a commentary on male inadequacy syndromes and stuff like that for sure, right? Yeah. And and this is the whole culture of the '80s and, the, and that that culture of acquisition, right? Right.
4: Mm-hmm. And also kind of the misplaced values where it's it's about the visual you put out to the world. That's what your status is and who you are, as opposed right. to anything else. Yeah, right. Essentially,
1: who people see you as is more important than than who you actually are.
3: Absolutely. Which brings the I mean the ending that I remember at least into an interesting context because he turns out that he doesn't, isn't actually who he thinks he is. Right. There's
2: actually two movie endings, mm-hmm. um, uh, for this movie. Uh, one of these movies is a really good movie. One of these movies is a pretty dumb movie.
0: Right. <laughs> and Which is which?
2: And that's the thing. There's one where it's all happening in his head. And I think that's the one Sam's referring to. Which is the one I remember. Mm-hmm. That's the yeah. one I remember. And then I watched one fairly recently within the last year or two. And it had it, it actually stuck a little closer to the book. But... Everything that happened happened, and for some reason, I was really unsatisfied with that.
1: So, is that actually like a director's cut, or I think the original
2: one, like the one we're talking about, where it all happened in his head, is probably the director's cut.
3: Which is far more interesting. I I love the fact that they twist it around, and he's no—he's he, actually dreaming that he's somebody else that he actually knows versus right. this whole thing where he's just is Patrick Bateman, and he is nuts, and he has killed a bunch of people.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, the the empowerment he feels by killing is literally only in his head, right? So he, it's not. It's weird. It's sort of if he didn't do it, he's not getting the empowerment he thinks he's getting. But if it is in his head, it's still kind of better in a weird way. I don't know quite how to get
3: <laughs> it to it's that. Oddly, it's not as horrific because they kind of negated a little bit by making it just him being this really sort of menial guy low on the totem pole who's just fantasizing versus the ending that Jay was just referring to where he actually is this horrific monster
4: Like ultimately the best ending to that movie is he's a janitor in a hedge fund office
2: (laughs) (laughs) exactly It is a mundane Wizard of Oz and you were there and you were there and you were there and I
1: killed you all. <laughs> I killed you all. <laughs> Especially <Dornie> you, went... <laughs> you know, the hooker on the street. I dropped a fucking chainsaw on you from like yes. three stories up. I mean oh, that is one oh, of the best so scenes in just about any movie. I know that it is ridiculous as hell. For people that don't know, essentially, uh, he takes a couple of prostitutes up to his room and he, uh, attempts to murder them, successfully murders one of them. One of them escapes, uh, runs down a flight of stairs, and his solution to that is by chucking a chainsaw, uh, over the banister And then, you know, there's this really, like, awesome scene where he's, like, watching the chainsaw flip down and down and down. And then, like, he gets this moment of satisfaction because he hits her and kills her somehow. And it is so amazing. One of the best kills in any horror movie All the time, he's bloody and naked. I can imagine people
2: looking at their peepholes in this apartment building.
4: Oh, well, when you were discussing the toxic masculinity, like, what a better, like, tableau for that. Where his dick is, it's just a chainsaw. Right.
1: Yeah, he's actually wielding it as if it is
0: an an extension of his penis. Well, yeah, Um, he was able to perform once, but then not the second time right <laughs> yes
4: exactly <laughs>
1: uh, but it, it's so ludicrous and you know that's that's kind of why uh, i do appreciate the uh the it's all made up ending um uh, because honestly like if all of it happened the the exact way that this as the story was told like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense so like if he actually did kill all those people that means that he chucked a chainsaw at a prostitute and killed her from like 50 feet up like that's ridiculous. But if it's uh-huh. if it's essentially his daydream, he can kill him. You know, he can do whatever he wants. So that makes total sense. And that like, <laughs> the
3: the technician in me uh, is is okay with that. So yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. Right. I mean, there's another great kill scene in there where he, with Jared Leto, where he's had that really great analysis of Huey Lewis in the news.
4: <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> and so fucking pretentious. Oh my absolutely. god. And, the, and the, the best part is he's learned his lesson. He's now sort of putting on the raincoat before he kills somebody, right? Yeah. Right. He get blood all over himself <laughs> and all over his clothes, so he has to shower, right? I mean, I, you have to appreciate his, his progression through his serial killer phase right. where, he, where he actually does yeah. learn some lessons as he's doing it.
1: Right. And it provides a very mm-hmm. utilitarian ability for the rest of us who have watched the movie to clearly identify a serial killer. If they start talking about the uh, the artistic merits of the song of Huey Lewis in the News, you know that they're a serial killer
3: and you should leave. True. That, yeah, that falls under the frickin' run. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but
1: that was
4: like quite a long that was like 2000. What do you think is the equivalent now if it's not Huey Lewis?
1: Oh boy. Nickelback? Um Nickelback
4: oh no
3: oh. Back.
1: oh oh! don't do God. that to
4: Huey <laughs> 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 that, that, that is
1: a disservice to Huey Lewis it is, yeah.
4: I feel sorry I apologize to Huey I'm gonna
1: say uh, probably some of Beyonce's less accessible
4: work see but wouldn't it be more like pop culture like Bieber probably like because I think the there we go was Huey That's Lewis a better is one. very the fact about hip to be square was it was so middle of the road and so just trying to please everybody (laughs) and that's sort of where that came into it
1: is justin bieber and skrillex uh (laughs) whatever whatever that mashup was it is the artistic merits of bieber (laughs) x skrillex now if you
2: put bieber in this remake instead of huey Luce, he'd actually have to be in the movie so you have this cathartic escape When he is murdered brutally.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you could remake American Psycho today because it would just be a documentary. (laughs)
4: Yes. (laughs) Uh,
0: See, I think that's the problem is that, you know, just
1: like we did with Idiocracy, I think people started to, to think that that was like, okay, this is a tutorial. So let's just all start doing this instead of a cautionary tale. Uh, That it was meant to be, I I think we kind of fucked up on those. (laughs) Uh,
4: Yeah, like somehow we got on that timeline (laughs) where this is what we're doing now.
0: I want off this timeline, to be honest. Um, Oh my God. Where is my Mr. Fusion?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
2: Ditto that. Drives my car and makes a good milkshake.
4: (laughs) (laughs) But you saw what they put into it. (laughs) Do you want to use that same thing for a milkshake?
3: Well, you gotta rinse it out first. Come on,
4: <laughs>
3: it's nuking <like>, uh, <laughs> thing. That, that disinfects everything and contaminates it at the same time.
1: <laughs> Go figure. All right, um, yeah, you know, I think we've milked uh, American Psycho pretty good. Uh, phrasing. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you look.
1: You knew there was gonna be a masturbation joke in here. It doesn't matter if we have company. I'm still gonna be me. So.
4: Oh, I'm mostly. I'm the one most likely to make that joke. <laughs>
1: uh so <laughs> that was my first pick or my main pick uh who else has a good one for us
4: oh, who wants why did you take that one trish i i stumbled upon this one just the other day um and it has a uh, zachary levi in it and i don't know who the young kid is and it's called office uprising
1: oh that is a new one oh, to me i haven't seen this one
4: it's it must be brand new uh there's this place called ammo tech where he works that does sort of like weaponized stuff and basically like the first bit he talks about like how to maintain your like low profile in the office because he's just a lazy person doesn't do any work, works on his video game while he's at work
1: i'm intrigued now
4: (laughs) it's good and then the company he leaves work early one day and the company gets this energy drink called zolt and he leaves before they give it to everybody Then he goes back into work the next day. And basically, like, it's like they're zombies, but they're like super productive zombies.
3: Oh. (laughs) Which does sound a little bit like blood sucking Bastards where they're turning everybody into vampire super workers, right? Right.
4: With, like, rage issue and there's a lockdown. Because it's ammo tech, eventually there's a lockdown in the building.
1: (laughs) So that that actually brings up an interesting point about this. Because, you know, if they are an ammo company, they're, you know, they're turning everybody into zombies. Do you feel that that might be because, you know, Hey, we got lots of guns. If shit goes south, we can just take care of this.
4: Well, it's true. There's well, there's it seems to me there's two levels to this where it's it's um they're they're weaponizing everything and it's fine. And but the one guy's like, oh, regional manager of the world. I'd like to be that. Uh, <laughs> so it's the toxicity of the culture. But it's also about like trying to make people very complacent, like through the Zolt. They're just really dedicated to like just being either being in charge or working very hard right and it's also about kind of where the complacency where somebody works for a company called Amotech, and the thought is well i mean i'm i'm just a lower person on the totem pole i work for Amotech, but i'm not really culpable for what Amotech does right so i think that's there's a couple of those themes that run through it and there's just a great moment with like a body like a bio mechanical kill suit at the end
1: Really? <laughs> so so they have like some uh, closet full of, uh, of mecca that somebody dons and yeah. just takes them all out?
4: <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. He puts that on. Um, there's also like a bunch of like a, a bit of their prototypes downstairs as well. They also have some, for some reason, have like a weaponry museum in the building. I wasn't quite clear on that when I was watching it.
2: <laughs> so it's like, which tie do I put on? Except I'm like, <laughs> do I want the green mech warrior or the blue mech warrior
4: <laughs> exactly
0: interestingly i i was uh over here i i know of this film i haven't watched it yet it was actually filmed here
4: oh wow
0: yeah principal cool. uh principal filming was uh in alabama i know somebody who worked on the set actually no uh, shit yeah wow I, I remembered the Zolt because uh, I, I think we had like a leftover Holy can. Oh shit.
4: <laughs>
1: nice. It was filmed in Birmingham, Alabama. What the fuck? Why didn't I know about this? I'm sorry. You're seeing my mind fucking blown in media res. Like, this
4: is crazy.
1: Leave it to the Canadians.
4: <laughs> no, what's weird is of all the people we could be talking to, <laughs> this is happening now. That is so crazy. Oh,
0: man. Uh, So where did the actual filming take place? Do we have any idea? Yeah, it was was one of the downtown. uh, It was an old bank building, actually, was a lot of uh, where it got filmed. At any rate, that's where Britta did a lot of, uh, what is it that I'm looking for, set stuff. She was a carpenter on the set. Oh
1: wow, that is so freaking cool! And see, now I I've gone from uh, shocked to ecstatic, and now to mad because they basically filmed <laughs> a zombie movie and nobody fucking called me. Like <laughs> I would have been all over that shit. Of course, I have like I mean, fuck, I can't even read stuff off a week at Wikipedia today. So like, maybe I don't have the chops to be in a zombie movie. <laughs> but like, I could like urgh, through a hallway. Like, come well, on. It, they're How more we... like,
4: they have a lot more going on. They're more like 28 Days Later rage zombies. Like, they're still talking. There's like at one point where there's a, a, a interaction between the two kind of warring groups and about who sold all the best stuff and what accounting actually does for the company.
1: <laughs> it's really good. All right, so you're talking like moving fast. I can see why they didn't call me. That's fine. Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. And see, now I'm going to have to watch this specifically for the fact that, like, it doesn't it no longer matters whether it's good or not. Like, it's a it's basically from our current hometown. So you got to root for the home team, I suppose.
4: Exactly. If you want to see a lot of Calgary, watch Fargo.
1: I have seen Fargo multiple times <laughs> the, Wait, the movie or the series series. OK, I've seen the first five episodes of Fargo and I, I love it. But at the same time, like I have secondhand embarrassment so bad, so just like watching uh, Martin Freeman like get into tight spots, I'm like, this is gonna kill me. Like <laughs> by f- episode five, I was almost dead. So <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'll give her another you shot though. Do have to space them out. I had trouble watching it too. Yeah. I, it's I, I, not one of those shows that I could binge. I, yeah, I had to break it up
0: <laughs> just,
3: because it, it does. Yeah. Just like, it, it's like one tight situation after another, and you're just you're embarrassed for him. Yeah, right. I, I
2: can't stand embarrassment television. Uh, for that reason, mm. I had a really tough
1: time watching Frasier when it was on the air. Right, mm. that was embarrassment television. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm yeah. I'm embarrassed more than enough in my own life. So why would I need TV to make me feel the same thing?
4: <laughs> yeah, and to make you feel it in situations you could not possibly get yourself in.
1: Right. <laughs> exactly. <there. laughs> I'm ninety-five to ninety-eight percent sure I'm never going to kill my wife, so I'll never experience this.
0: <laughs> I like the small margin of error. There. I was going to say I don't think Jessica would appreciate that uh, the five percent there.
4: Five percent down to two, but it's just two. <laughs> There's a window. <laughs> There's, there
1: is wiggle room, right? <laughs> uh, it it really depends on whether or not she eats the last uh, the last bit of my sandwich that's in the fridge now. Um, uh. If that happens, then then it might it might change.
4: <laughs> See, but I don't know. In that sort of situation, I think we're getting into not so much that you're just murdering her to murder her. It's just a fight to the death territory where she's part of it. <laughs> it,
1: it is a fight for vital resources. Yes. <laughs> Visa V the sandwich. Yeah.
4: It's just whoever wins. I don't know if it's murder. It's just whoever wins.
1: Uh, this may be the end of the podcast. I, I may be. She'll she'll probably is. defeat me.
4: <laughs>
0: Next episode, Jessica will be my co-host. Oh, <laughs> uh, all,
4: right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right.
4: Filling in.
1: All right, so. What is the next one that we have? Well, I got one
2: called Severance yes. out of the UK. Now, oh, it doesn't okay. actually happen in the workplace. This is a work retreat camp for employees um, that work for a small arms company, I yep. do believe. Again, small arms kind of companies. Kind of scary, actually. <laughs> it is kind of scary how this is. Co- That's why I brought it up next, because it worked out really well off of Absolutely. <laughs> Except... Uh, this is more about cutting the bottom line. So this work retreat camp is actually a way to kill the shitty employees.
1: Oh, so it's a battle royale situation. It's ah. Essentially, yeah.
2: Excellent. Um, that's the simplest way I could put it. And uh, it is glorious fun. It is uh, mm. mean spirited carnage, but really funny.
4: <laughs> yes. <laughs> and sort of just a very kind of fish out of water too. Like you're in it. You're at an office retreat, and you're like, well, what is acceptable at an office retreat and sometimes it's killing. It just happens.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh goodness. Um yeah, I, I think I saw something about this before, but it just never uh never popped up in my my list to watch. Um but honestly like I can totally understand. Like even not knowing the the true plot of this this film in its entirety, I can see how this would work. Like even if there wasn't a plot to like lower the bottom line like work retreats are terribly uncomfortable, and by the it, it depends on how long it is. If it's a couple days, you can probably get away with it. But if you're on your fourth or fifth day, uh, and nobody's died, you're that is a really successful work retreat. Like <laughs> <Yes>. absolutely.
3: <laughs> I can honestly yeah. say I've never been on one. I never want to go on one. After this movie, you never will. No, there we go.
4: <laughs> there was one company I worked for. They went on a work retreat, but of all places, the place they went was Ghost Lake. So for the great entire name. week before oh, yeah, I, great. they went on the retreat, I just go up to random people going, <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: just for fun. So it, is <laughs> Ghost, Ghost Lake. Lake- is Ghost Lake actually like creepy or like rumors of hauntings or is that just like a, a a creepy name to a fairly
0: mundane place?
4: Creepy name to mundane place.
0: Oh, that's a missed opportunity. Samuel L. Ghost founded the town.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh.
4: Yeah. With his children Casper and Wendy. And it's
3: actually a man-made lake too. It's they they've, they've actually created a dam that's created the lake.
4: Maybe that's why, because it's sort of like, it. a lake should be here, so we put one there, so there was a ghost of a lake that would have been there. That is
3: exactly why it's called Ghost Lake.
4: Oh my god! Yeah. Yay! I'm <laughs> Got it in now. one. Got it in one. <laughs> don't ask
3: me how long I knew that fact, but I did.
4: Uh. <laughs> nice.
2: Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to go to a place like that. I moved to Vancouver to do film school a uh, long time ago now but one of the apartments i was looking at was on a place called blood alley and i'm like oh Go no christ, christ. I'm
0: like, <laughs> god <laughs> I'm
2: like why would you intentionally call it that
0: i'm like of course i'm not gonna live there <laughs> yeah no <laughs> we'll move next door to uh murder <laughs> cul-de-sac
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> right. maybe where you're going hey Give me the keys, I'm in. (laughs) That'd be totally Patrick Bateman's thing. Oh, give me the keys, that's my place. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't
1: care how many rooms
3: it's got. I'll take two.
4: Yes. Exactly. So, is there? Are there any vacancies on Stabby Boulevard?
1: <laughs> it's like no. Oh well, I just got a report. Yes, there happens to be one. <laughs> it just became available. Just became oh, wait, available. Another one
4: just became available. Oh wait, another one just became available. Wait for the scream, and yeah, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> give us, a, give us a chance to mop up, and uh, we'll give you the keys. <laughs> the real estate agent is just in camo, carrying an automatic weapon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, but I, I really like the premise of this movie uh, because, you know, whenever I was watching uh, Battle Royale, which is a uh, it's a Japanese movie about school children that essentially the, the whole country is, is in a state where mm-hmm. they can't. I mean, I guess it's it's almost like a, identical to Hunger Hunger Games, um, but they're in a, a financial way better. But way, way better. Where do you think um, she got the idea? Exactly. Um, the the entire country can't support all the children that are coming up, and so in order to uh, ease the the burden um, on the economic system, they <laughs> put thirty of them on an island and make them murder each other. Whenever I was watching that, I was thinking, mm, I can't really like relate with these people. I, I guess at one point I was a a child that. <laughs>
0: That didn't like my At classmates. At one point, you were a Japanese school child. <laughs> 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 Things have taken a real weird turn since then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no, this is a movie that I can I can absolutely relate with. So uh, I will I will certainly have to give it a watch.
4: <laughs> and there's a a bit of a trivia that I knew about this film. They do uh, one se- one scene where somebody just gets their leg like just hacked off. Oh, and. And what they did was they had um, somebody who actually was missing that part of their leg for that effect because it just made so much more sense to do it that way. Right. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: We love us in practical effects. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) It's like we hired a bunch of people
1: missing limbs for this movie. Right. (laughs) (laughs) See, the problem would become is if they they did that scene and they accidentally messed it up and took like more of the leg off. It's like, guys, come on. Come on. I was already missing (laughs) half my leg. Now I'm missing two-thirds of my leg. (laughs) Son of a bitch.
4: But he could also be like, ah, I've been here before.
1: (laughs) I still got the numbers programmed on my cell phone. It's fine.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I know how this rolls.
3: Yeah, as long as you pay for the refitting, right? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. All right. Who we got left? Uh, Sam? What is the movie you brought? Um, Well, I had a whole list of them, but the one I wanted to mention because I didn't think we'd touch base on this one as an office movie is Gremlins 2. Yeah. Oh, Oh, my God. God. That was the the
0: noise I
3: was looking for. (laughs) (laughs) That is a
1: good pull. (laughs) Was not even on my radar.
3: (laughs) That's what I I thought, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? It's totally, I mean, the whole thing takes place in an office building, right? Right. Mm -hmm. It's it's a, a single set almost. Well, not a single set, but a single setting. Right? And, and, yeah, it's, and it's, it's crazy fun. Not as good as the first, but still pretty crazy fun.
4: Um, well, it has Christopher Lee in it, doesn't it? I
3: think it might, actually. I think it, it does. Has Christopher book. Lee's
4: Everybody's in everything, in so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> God, Ronald this is... Hogan's
2: in that movie.
1: <laughs> oh, this has taken me back so far. Because I have not... You know, I, I've seen the original Gremlins, you know, 20, 30 times at this point. Because um, it's, it's basically, like, if you can argue that... that you know, fucking Die Hard is a Christmas movie. This is the way, way more of a Christmas Christmas movie than Die Hard. So I watched it, you know, about every Christmas. Um, but I haven't seen uh, Gremlins 2 in a long time. And, like, the feelings that are washing over me as I'm remembering <laughs> all the, the various, like, ridiculous scenes in it. Uh, and like like the fucking, uh, the, the little where Gizmo has like, uh, paints himself up like Rambo with a little paperclip, yes. yeah. uh, rubber band uh, fire arrow. Oh my god. <laughs> that was my shit. He
4: puts on the little headband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. oh. That
2: little car. That yeah. little oh. car he was driving around.
4: Oh yeah. Lord! And
3: the super intelligent one with the, with the English accent for some reason, right? Right.
4: <laughs> yeah, because they've given him the right drugs. He's like, "Oh yes, okay."
3: <laughs> oh my yeah. God, Joe Dante. It, needs And to actually, make it and that's probably world. going to be what I'm going to watch tonight, just to sort of because I didn't get a chance to watch it before we recorded. Right. I'm probably going to watch it because I now need to remind myself of those fond memories.
1: Oh. I, I definitely liked this one more. Like you can tell that it's not necessarily a better movie, but it certainly is a more fun movie. Because like the the original one, it definitely has like a lot of really creepy moments that that kind of uh, that make normal things uh, really odd. Because like uh, for instance, like the the song "Do You Hear What I Hear"? You know, it's it's a Christmas song comes, or I guess it's not even. Is it really a Christmas song? But it, it plays during Christmas. Yeah. But now every time that I hear that, I think of, you know, the sun coming down the stairs to find, you know, the gremlins just fucking the kitchen right up. Um, and it's a very it's it's an oddly creepy scene for such a, a goofy kind of movie that that the first one is. Um, but that one, like every time I hear the song, it, it brings me right back to that. And so I hate that song now, not because I hate the movie, but because it's like, oh, shit, where are the gremlins? Where where are they at? <laughs> Um, but the second one the is microwave. just like
3: straight fun. <laughs> it is, yeah. It doesn't have the same really dark undertones that the first one does. It's it's de- it's definitely um, a, a lighter film all the way across the board. Right. But but yeah, I, th- I thought I thought that would be a fun one to to bring up. Pull that one out of the
1: vaults. I will have you know that that I am adding that to my list for for October
3: because now I can't not watch it. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same way, but I have to wait. No, I don't have to wait. I can watch it whenever I want. <laughs>
0: That's <laughs> what it. being an adult yeah. is like. Yeah. Say- <laughs> yeah. well,
3: and I've seen it, so it doesn't count. I, I don't have to worry about not watching it for 31 Days of Horror. That's
2: yeah, so you say, that's Sam's thinking about our upcoming 31 Days of Horror Challenge. It's yeah. like, oh, wait. Our, our rules is you, you can't watch something you've already watched. But uh, it doesn't right. have to count. You can watch right. it anytime that's you exactly want. That's it. what I just said. <laughs> you have my, <laughs> have
4: my permission. And as we've just been informed, that's being a grown-up, whatever you know. yes. <laughs> all
1: right frank uh you said you had an interesting one for us what do you got mine
0: mine actually bank shocks off of that one fairly well because i i had looked up i was trying to find one and i wasn't able to get it to watch it but it was a 1997 uh what is the opposite of a of a blockbuster like a (laughs) flash in the pan Bomb? bomb uh yeah like a bomb i guess uh called office killer Starring oh, we were just talking about that one, we haven't seen it, but it's on our list. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to see it, but like getting a hold of it is very difficult. I looked around and like a DVD was going for 60 bucks, but Damn. it stars oh, Carol Kane, and it oh, made no me oil. think yeah. of one of my favorite films of all time, and I think may qualify as an office horror film, Scrooged. Yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I like where you're going with that, Frank. I like where you're going. Oh with that. my yep. god! Oh, that is awesome.
0: I will make the call and say yes. That yes. cast. I, I,
3: I'm going to concur. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> oh god. I mean, it's almost as dark as American Psycho, but <laughs> and it sort of embodies that same sort of 1980s milieu that you've got, you know, in both American Psycho and Scrooge. That uh, that zeitgeist. Uh, right. Of of crass consumerism and and you know the drive to succeed with fast cars and and fire everybody and make my way to the top. Yeah, and that people will buy anything yeah. if you sell it right. Yeah, yeah. Bill Murray didn't
1: uh, kill any prostitutes with a chainsaw, so it's not
4: quite it's in, in the in same special
3: features. Right.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's we in don't the... know what happened to those dancing girls. <laughs>
3: we just have to assume he did staple antlers to a mouse's head. Yes. So you don't know how far he really went. <laughs> I mean yeah. the, the next logical step is,
1: you know, prostitute chainsaw killing. So, <laughs> yeah, psycho killer is totally the next step. <laughs> After the Christmas special, of course. Yes. Well,
4: most of the psychos, they do they are cruel to animals before they go full-fledged killer.
1: That's true. I've watched a number of a number of documentaries about about killers and yes. This would be a clear warning sign, so uh, watch out. So, so, so far we have. You
4: better watch out.
1: Yeah. Uh oh. Uh, better not cry. Uh, so, so in this discussion, we've come up with two ways to identify psychopaths: a, uh, if they talk about the artistic values of Huey Lewis in the news, and if all their mice are wearing little antlers. So, be on the lookout.
4: <laughs> so we've become largely instructional today. So that's awesome.
1: Much different than <laughs> our normal show. <laughs> much different
2: <laughs> we Our, should rapid fire a few uh, more here all right fire away okay well um i wanted to bring up one that's not technically a horror movie but i think kind of qualifies as the office employee that's had too much uh 1993's joel schumacher's falling down
0: oh yeah michael no. douglas I'll allow it. If you guys allow it to be Scrooged, falling down definitely works. <laughs> I'll have to say, I've never seen this one.
3: Oh, you're missing out, Derek. I'm I'm not a big fan of Michael Douglas, but... What?
1: Whoa!
2: Whoa! Sam!
4: Fun
2: fun. Sam f- also likes the waxy uh, Halloween candy, so his... <laughs> <chef needs to laughs>
1: Wait, the little yeah. orange and black ones?
3: Those are the ones. Yep. Oh, my
1: hey, God. Hey, don't
0: feel alone. I liked those, too. Back when I'm gonna... I could eat sugar. Uh, Frank, monsters. we're friends forever now.
4: <laughs>
0: man,
1: I knew that to get guests on this podcast, I need to have some sort of like application or something. I'm going to make one and I'll put that fucking question on there. Uh, those, those both those questions: Do you like Michael Douglas, and do you like those little orange and black <laughs> shitty candies from Halloween? You might be showing your hand at that point if you call them shitty candies <laughs> on the you know, on not, the
0: questionnaire, man. I'm
1: not looking. I'm not looking for unbiased, honest answers. I mean, I I'm just
3: trying to filter out psychopaths. I, I, I don't want to say I don't like him. I said I'm not a big fan. There's a big difference. I li- I like almost every movie I've ever seen him in, but for something about Michael Douglas, just doesn't appeal to me. Okay. He's not enough to sell me on a movie. Okay. But I will watch movies with him in it because I do enjoy the movies he, he does. Okay. Just saying.
1: So we'll we'll take a quick quick sidebar here. This will test the metal of our our future friendship from here on out. Well, how do you feel okay, about? I know I've already pushed it. I how do you feel about the game?
3: Love it. Yes! Okay. We are we are back. <laughs> <laughs> I like his movies. There's something about him that I don't... He's one of those people that if I met him on the street, I would not want to be friends with him. Oh, He does absolutely. not have a kissable face.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is,
3: but there's something about the way he looks that makes me go, I just... You're somebody I don't, wouldn't want to know. Oh,
4: I, I
1: can totally understand that. That part, I get... I, I don't want to be his buddy... But you know, most of the movies that he's done uh, with the, I, I'm not a, I'm not nuts about. Uh, oh God, uh, Fatal Attraction. I, it's a fantastic movie, but it is horribly uncomfortable. Um, but I do like the fact that it gave us the the wonderful phrase "bunny boiler," um, yeah. in in reference to somebody who is uh, far too quick to attach and you just can't shake him. And that brings us back to our horror, too. <laughs> <laughs> right.
4: I'm actually, I'm on board with that as well. Like, Fatal Attraction. There's something, it seems, Michael Douglas seems weirdly miscast. Right. Like, I don't know if, like, getting the Michael Douglas dick is going to make me go that insane. I don't <laughs> think <that's
1: gonna> <laughs> you're, you're exactly right. Like, that was actually one of my biggest problems with the movie. It's like, I don't think he lays it that good. Like, Race? there's no way, because his face isn't going to gonna make her that
0: crazy. Like, uh, this is not a man lay the pipe, make a woman go insane. <laughs>
4: yeah, that's not stabbing your wife well. That's right. not, you know, good enough to kill a pet well.
1: I thought that was the most ridiculous part of the entire premise of the movie. It, but, okay, Absolutely. But, but who could they have put in that movie that would have, uh, maybe Bruce Willis? Like, Bruce Willis, you don't want to lose Bruce. I'll kill a man for well, not a man, but (gasps) I'll kill a woman for trying to steal my Bruce. But
4: (laughs) for stealing your Bruce,
1: (laughs) (laughs) is that the the two percent wiggle room?
4: I don't uh, think this has anything to do with a sandwich.
1: <laughs> See, it, it's odd because the uh, those ratios also correlate to how likely it is that I will ever hook up with Bruce Willis. So, um, 2%. It's not none. There's some chance.
4: <laughs> don't take this the wrong way, but it seems high.
1: <laughs> anyway... Uh,
4: <laughs> pretty hetero i'm just saying
1: <laughs> oh i'm true. Uh, i have my ways
4: <laughs>
1: okay okay <laughs> all right um so i'll take my turn uh so the one thing that i honestly i think this whole setup was uh just an excuse for me to talk about the next movie which is cabin in the woods
2: yes mm-hmm.
1: uh, essentially this is uh i think you would kind of in uh, spoilers if you if anybody is uh at this point, worried about spoilers, Derek, uh, essentially six years old, they had their chance. They, I agree. They had their chance. Um, Frank, I'm sorry. We're gonna have to spoil it for you. Um, but essentially this is kind of a, uh, it's almost like an eldritch horror movie where essentially the, the, the two, I guess the two guys we see first in the movie, um, essentially it's a, it's an underground laboratory that we see first, but it's an entire, uh, Organization of people that are essentially uh, trying to create human suffering in order to quell the the ancient gods, and so the the whole premise of the cabin in the woods setup is that these uh, these ancient evils have to be appeased to uh, to stay under, you know underground out of our plane of existence, and so they they set up all these interesting and somewhat whimsical ways uh, to extract that suffering. I will say that it is probably. Uh, it, it, it is an absolute love letter to horror movies um, because there are so many elements that are just com- just absolute throwbacks to uh, to older movies. But um, being that it's a love letter, like there, there's a lot of stuff that they do that is kind of like, OK, OK, you know, maybe that part of it wasn't necessary. But the whole movie is 100 percent wall to wall, just we, we love horror movies, and we're going to try to cram as much of this into a single movie as we can. So with all that said, uh, how did you guys feel about Cabin in the Woods?
2: I, I loved it. It uses all the
1: tropes in a very
2: clever way, right? and even if it doesn't touch on something like if you just look at all the little Easter eggs from that movie that don't actually play into the plot of all the creatures and things that they've kind of held in standby, everything's represented. Right. Every mm-hmm. horror thing you can think of is represented in this movie and, and all in this kind of very organized, almost mundane setting like, hey, it's Halloween again or whatever. We need to mm-hmm. do our sacrifices around the world uh, to make sure the great beast doesn't rise. Right. And uh, it's just
1: masterfully done, right? And there were a lot of like there were a lot of office politics, and and that's why mm-hmm. it, it's kind of in the in the office uh, horror category, in my opinion, is because essentially, like like I said, the the overarching kind of uh, theme in the movie is this organization that's trying to keep these eld- eldritch gods at bay. And, you know, they're they're doing very mundane things like, you know, you I, I think you you see them in a break room at one point you uh, they're doing like betting pools to see mm-hmm. essentially how these these kids are going to pick their own fate to to die. You, you just see this like really uh, funny juxtaposition uh, to like the horrible shit that's happening in the woods. And then, you know, this very mundane office setting that you know, is very relatable. Um, except for the whole Eldritch horror part, but yeah, it is, it is a, a wonderful, it's, it's complete fan service. Like there's nothing in this movie that is not fan service to, to horror fans, but it is like, like you said, it is so just artfully done, um, that even if it is like cheesy and a little bit, um, a little bit opportunistic, it's still a, a fantastic movie. It's
2: gory and funny at the same time. Right. That's, uh, um. It's a fun ride for all of those um fans of like campy slasher genre mm-hmm. stuff. Right. And it's got you zombies. I-, I love what the the dude who's
3: really upset that the fishman's never picked.
4: Yeah, he's ne- he's never <laughs> gonna of- see a merman.
3: Right. One of what- that's what makes it rewatchable is because every time you watch it, you get to see something new. Yeah, you know, because so much there's so much hidden in there. Right, it, it does. It's it, the first time I watched it. I'm like, yeah, I really like that. The second time I, I watched it was when I'm like, I love this movie. Right,
4: I enjoy it. There, it's just sort of at the end. I always have a few questions. Like one button to let everything go. <laughs> Do you not have any health and safety? <laughs> Like the health and safety department in this area sucks. Really. They have Homer
1: Simpson. <laughs> <health
4: and safety>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like their health and safety has a lot to answer for.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I agree with that. And, you know, that that is OK. It's funny that you point to that as the thing you have to suspend your disbelief for um, <laughs> because the rest of it does seem rather ludicrous. But, yeah, mm. o- obviously, if we're talking like work and safety, OSHA would flip their shit over a single button to unleash all the horrors they had stored up. So
3: essentially hell absolutely
1: one button to unleash hell, right? Yeah, you need two keys
2: to launch a nuke for Christ
4: yeah. <laughs> It would be like it's a chemical plant and there's two switches on the wall One is a light switch and the other is to leave put all the chemicals into the river. Right. That's not right That's oh, what this is Yeah.
2: <laughs> all right, we discussed that in piranha we did. <laughs> All right. Got any other good ones? Oh, okay. Um, actually, what do you guys mention this to me? I haven't seen it, but Joe Lynch's Mayhem. Have, any, have you guys seen this movie? It is on my or list. maybe I'm talking out my butt.
1: Uh, oh, it, it was on my list, and I was going to to watch it for this episode, but then I just completely forgot. Um, or rather, I was like, you know what? <laughs> Instead of watching a new movie, yeah. I'm just going to watch American Psycho twice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well,
2: I haven't seen it either, but it seems to be a very fun, the ultimate revenge on your boss kind of movie. Right.
1: Which I can certainly get behind.
0: I think the, the key point in Mayhem, and I haven't gotten to see it yet, but what uh, what strikes me as being an element of interest is this, you know, they're they're doing the whole uh, virus and everybody turns into crazy zombies that are are hyper-violent but that the main character knows this, knows that he is probably infected with the virus. Right. And then I think there's sort of the question throughout the rest of the film as to whether he's doing all this shit because of the virus or because he knows that he's not legally culpable (laughs) because he's been infected.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I like it was just, uh, he had an excuse, so might as well ride it till the wheels fall off. Yep. <laughs> I like that.
2: Sam's going to appreciate this one. Um, Nicolas Cage's uh, Vampire's Kiss. Oh my. Oh. Why do you tell him about that
3: one? Uh, you know, it's been so long since I saw that. I, I mean, I, I don't even really remember it. I didn't even pop into my radar as an office movie. Well, Jeez. you know, it's
2: basically about this uh, office guy who starts thinking he's a vampire. And that's the yeah. gist of the movie, is he or isn't he?
3: Yeah, and I remember liking the concept of whether or not he was or wasn't a vampire, but yeah, I, just, I didn't really sort of see it as an office movie, but you're right, it is definitely in the office movie category. Yeah, I
2: tried to pick or, some weird shit, so I needed to match your gremlins too. Yes. Well,
4: it's weird as we're going kind of through this and I'm hearing a bunch of this stuff, It's there's a weird bunch of stuff that happens in a lot of kind of office horror movies is... The question of, is this actually happening, or is the person actually crumbling under the pressure of stress <laughs> and having mental illness? Right. And
3: that's I, I, I think that's very deliberate, because for in a lot of cases, especially in the mid-80s to the mid-90s, there was a lot of corporate pressure, and a lot of people did crumble. Right, And this is just taking it to that extreme of, of where they've come to the point where they become homicidal, or they retreat into their own minds, having these really, really violent fantasies.
4: Well. Yeah. So,
3: I mean, that's, I think that's why we saw sort of a um, sort of a bump in that office horror in the mid-80s to mid-90s, and we're starting to see more of it again now. So right. what does that tell us about, about, uh, about our, our working lives in society now? Where we're seeing more of these horror movies.
1: Yeah, I think we're on the the part of that cycle where essentially, uh, you know, we kind of rode the the '90s and the early 2000s, and you know, everybody kind of got used to breaking themselves again, especially with like the startup culture and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so now everybody's putting in a hundred-hour work weeks, and you know what sounds nice—busting up your mm-hmm. office. <laughs> so So I will say exactly. about this Vampire's Kiss movie. I'm disappointed that I didn't know that there was a Nicolas Cage vampire movie. To be honest, it's it's a it's a well, trip. It is so much fun to watch.
4: It's the one that he actually eats a cockroach. He did it for the scene.
2: And there's some rare overacting from uh, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <What? own>
4: Characteristic <laughs> from him. So
2: it's nice to see that kind of departure from his subtle performances.
4: Yeah, yeah. Our usual sedate, yeah, very yeah. measured Nicholas Cage.
2: Yeah. Oh my it's, god! It's nice to see him break loose a little bit. Yeah.
4: <laughs> it's it's if you will, cage tastic.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! You know, I was gonna, I was <laughs> going to try to mention something about another Nicholas Cage movie where he was actually sedate. I pulled nothing. Like,
4: <laughs> I can't
1: even can't even think of one. Valley Girl. Fair enough. <laughs> oh god. It's, if you haven't seen it, it's because nobody else did either.
4: <laughs> well, I think it was early enough he couldn't get away with that shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he had to pretend to be a viable actor for a little while before he really stepped into his own. Well, He's- he does have an Oscar.
4: Come on. Well, leaving Las Vegas, he, is, it, there's not, he does pretty good. There it isn't too much overacting, I think, really, yeah. reasonably in that one.
3: Yeah, early in his career, he he did rein himself in. He was really, I mean, he was in Rumble Fish for for a little while there, and he was a normal teenager. And it wasn't until he the, actually probably with the Rock is about where he started to really start to feel his oats about the crazy acting. Right. Like, yeah, we just started doing action movies. Yeah. yeah, I
1: will say that if if winning an Oscar is your uh, your gauge of whether or not somebody is a quality quality actor, I, oh, I will no. say Suicide Squad won more than more than a couple and that is so telling and and maybe it is it is kind of like a uh, a little bit of saying something about the way they are now but but yeah they don't mean as much as they used to what
2: do you to. what do you say it's a superhero movie treasure <laughs> it that's awful it is absolutely awful and i'm sure some people want to fight me about it but it is god awful yeah.
4: see i thought suicide squad just meant what you felt after you watched it (laughs) like are they around can they help me out what's going on (laughs) exactly it's like
1: it's like i really need them right now because i don't want to be watching this movie anymore yeah and i need their valuable service i want the
4: opposite of the samaritans
1: (laughs) (laughs) watching that movie puts me
2: in a mayhem like rage
3: (laughs) yes
2: I, I want to rattle, like, just a couple more uh, out at people if they want to check them out. Belco Experiment for 2016. Um, there's uh, yeah. the 2015
1: Office from South Korea, which looks pretty mm-hmm. wild. I haven't seen I that. thought about covering that one, but then I didn't necessarily want to, like, try to make everybody follow or, or watch a Korean movie. Uh, yeah. e- even though it's fantastic, but I know it's not everybody's cup yeah. of tea. And there's another
2: one I found called Compliance from 2012. Go look it up.
4: And I don't know. Could I add just maybe one more thing? I I feel by rewatching it, if you were to put the right background music in it and edit it just right, Office Space could be a horror if you wanted it to be.
1: No, <laughs> no, no. I I, I am a hundred percent with you because the only thing that Office Space is lacking as far as an office horror is actual death. Like mm-hmm. if if they if he had just like snapped at the very end and killed somebody, it certainly could have been you know. In the same category as office horror, um, and it's it's office horror in a different way. Like it's not a like a psychological thriller, um, but for people that work in offices, it is horror uh-huh. because essentially you're you, you heard it. you know, we we talked about secondhand embarrassment. This is
0: secondhand mundanity.
4: It's existential horror.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so many people can identify with that one. I remember when that one came out. Even. Like, I did not expect it, but my, my mom, uh, she remarked, she was like, oh my god, because the uh, the door handle that uh, zaps him <laughs> right. at <What>? random intervals, <laughs> she was like, I've worked in an office where that would happen. Like, every winter, there would be, there's this long walk down a hallway, and then there was sort of like rolling the dice when you reached out for the handle as to whether or not you were going to get zapped. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And so every day going into work was kind of this, you know, clenching terror of like, uh, okay, I got away with it. (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) Oh, God. Office life, death by a thousand cuts of one small indignity after another. Mm -hmm. Excellent place to end The true it. horror, Derek.
4: Yes. The true horror. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> All right, play us out, Frank. This has been the Work-Life Imbalance Podcast. I'm Frank Eastman. I'm Derek Lewis. I've been Jason. I'm always Sam.
4: And I continue to be Trish.
0: And with that, I think we're going to have to transfer you.